Blog Talk Radio. Join us as we travel into the inner workings of John Cheney's mind. Beyond Midcourt is another dimension. A dimension of pressure. A dimension of coverage. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land. Two slow-footed white guys, incapable of playing man-to-man. Of help side defense and active hand. You've just crossed half-court into the matchup zone. Uh, yeah, that's, 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 that's
That's very true. Once again, the matchup zone is brought to you tonight by Advocare Southers Orthopedic Associate. Our call in number is 347 215 8126. You can follow us on Twitter at the match underscore up zone. By the way, I feel like the Twitter followers aren't jumping off the page yet because no one knows what an underscore is. So it's not a it's not a hyphen. It's, it's, it's not the dash. It's yeah, it's the, the one underneath. The one that goes underneath and runs parallel to the bottom of the letters or numbers. Exactly. It's, it's not. not a, a, I don't know why they call it an underscore. It should be called an under. It's an, an underline. How about that? How about, <laughs> how about an underline? Kev, you know what I kind of, you know what I kind of felt like. I just think this is totally ridiculous. Angel Cabrera can't speak a lick of English. I mean, the other day he's getting interviewed after the, after his round, and they have his interpreter with him. This man has been taking U.S. money for years, and he can't speak a lick of English. I, I just don't understand how a guy. Now he joined the U. I think he joined tour, the uh, PGA Tour in 2007. He actually won the PGA Tour in 2007. He won the 2009 Masters. But it just struck me as odd that he can't speak a lick of English when he's, you know, he has his interpreter. Meanwhile, the 14-year-old kid, uh, I, I'm not even going to try, try to pronounce his name, speaks English. I, I, smart. Smart, <laughs> smart move. I, I, we don't need any lawsuits. I, I just think it, it should be, you know, Yao Ming spoke English. Learn how to speak. Just speak. You can't speak anything. A, a couple sentences here or there, a couple words. Understand ridiculous, and, and I'm now I'm rooting for Adam Scott because I'm I'm no longer a fan of Cabrera because he can't speak English. <laughs> That's, That's one way to do it. I mean, I mean you're, you're right. right. If, if, if you're in this country, country and that's what I don't understand about some of the some of the the, the baseball or baseball players that don't speak a lick of English, like they get interviewed, like Carlos Ruiz. Right. He's doing commercials on the radio, and it's like you barely speak English. You've been here for like ten years. Yeah, I mean, don't go to don't go to um. Well, who who was the one? Who was the one, Zeke? What was the one? Was it uh, uh what the heck? Pat or Gino's? The what was it? Gino's couldn't couldn't speak English. You couldn't go there. It was Gino's. It was Gino's. Yeah, there was a sign on the door. Yeah, if you don't speak English, yeah. So, you got, you know, God forbid Angel Cabrera ever want to bang down a cheesesteak at two in the morning. But, uh, you know, Kel, I, I'm kind of glad. I'm not. I'm not a Tiger Woods guy, and a couple reasons I'm not is he's a petulant child. I've never seen anybody. You know, golf. You're supposed to up, uphold the, the standings of being a classy guy. The whole etiquette of golf. Um, you know, I, I just think that him throwing his clubs, cursing on every hole, and I, I, I get it. The camera's on him 90% of the time. But I think that he's got to really just tone it back a little bit and understand that it's a gentleman's game. The game's been around a lot longer than him. It's going to be around a lot longer after he retires. That stop throwing the clubs, stop cursing all the time, and, and act like a human being. Yeah, I... <laughs> Once again, we're in the matchup zone studio tonight, so we got uh, we're back to technical difficulties. Uh, we have an issue uh, getting into the Oki Studios tonight, so we're back at the matchup zone studios, which is why uh, it sounds like a bomb going off, and we're in a bunker because we kind of are. Mike, you know what? Let's talk tonight. Let's talk Tiger for a little bit. Now on the Big Tiger Woods guy. 
I like him. I think he's. I think he's just a, a good, good guy. guy. I don't. I don't, see, I don't, I don't get involved in people's personal, personal lives. lives. Because here's, here's why. If, if all this social media, if this, this is around when say Jordan was up, Jordan would be. Because they would know all his little yeah, secrets. Yeah, I don't care about. I don't care about Tiger what he does. On, I care about what he does on the golf course. And to me, he acts like a little kid on the golf course. How many times does he? How many times does he hit a bad iron shot and he slams his club into the ground? How many times is he cursing, dropping f bombs on on camera in front of kids in the stand? I, I just think that he's got to. You know, you don't see Adam Scott doing that kind of stuff. You don't see Mike Weir doing. You don't see Mickelson doing it. So why does Tiger get a pass? And he's able to act like a child because he has 14 majors. I'm not buying into it. I don't. I just don't agree with the way the guy acts on the golf course. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hear what you're saying. However, he makes it exciting. People are watching the Masters this weekend because of Tiger Woods. That, that is why they're watching. They're not watching because of Adam Day, or they're not watching because or Jason Day, or like Adam God, or or Amy Hill. And help. Yeah. But 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 they are watching for. I think there are golf purists out there, and I think that they are rooting for. Um, I, I, I I don't know if Tiger is good enough now. I I think the fear is gone. I, the fear is gone. It was kind of like after Mike Tyson got knocked out by Buster Douglas. There's too many young good golfers. I don't think people are afraid of Tiger Woods anymore. Uh, his putter has let him down drastically in the last couple of years. I mean, he's been putting atrociously. Today he left every putt short. His iron play has always been very good. Getting off the tee, he looks like me getting off the tee. He's punching out on almost every other hole. He can't find the drive. You know, the only time he finds the fairway is when he, hits, when, when he tees off of the three-wood. Why not tee off the three-wood all the time? He, he's constantly in trouble getting off the tee. And to me, other guys... Angel Cabrera, you know, he, he he's finding the greens. You know, um, Adam Scott's hitting the ball right down the center of the fairway. Jason Day's long. He's right down the center of the fairway. Tiger Woods can't get off the tee. And to me, that's a recipe for disaster, especially in the, in the, in the majors when it's a little bit, you know, the course a little bit tighter. The, you know, the pin placements are just very, very hard. And especially today, the pin placements in uh, today's round were almost impossible. So it's key to get off the get off the tee. It's key to putt well, and Tiger hasn't been doing either well. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking Tiger. We're talking Masters a little bit. I know this is a basketball show. Mike, here's a question. Why do basketball players love golf so much? What is the, what is the comparison? Why do, people, why do basketball players love golf so much? I don't know if it's basketball players. I think hockey players love it. I, tennis players love it. Um, basketball players typically aren't very good at baseball players. Love it. You look at Rick Roden and Mike Schmidt. Those guys are trying, you know, trying to get on the PGA tour. Uh, I often wonder, Ted, what golfers do when they retire? Do they play basketball? You, know, you, you always have these guys. Everybody who retires, oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go play golf. What do golfers do? Go play basketball, baseball? I, I don't know, but I, I just think it's a thing that it's relaxing. You, you, if you shut your phone off, you don't get any phone calls out on the course. And, and I think, guys, I don't think they understand really how hard it is. Those of you who haven't played golf, it, it, these, these pros make it look very easy. It's a lot, lot harder than it is. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners have played golf, but it is not easy to hit a golf ball straight. 
Um, you know, me, when I tee off, my ball is always slicing. I'm in the opposite fair. I'm in the other fairway. It's kind of a disaster, but it's a fun game because it's relaxing. You're out there by yourself. It's you versus the course, and it's just uh, – it's it's frustrating and fun at the same time. Yeah, yeah I, hear I hear what you're saying. I think I think, I think golf, golf is just mainly – I don't, I don't take it that seriously. So it's not being taken that seriously, so I don't really get very upset by some of the things that I think other people get upset about on the golf course. I'm pretty pretty low-key, pretty calm, because it's, it's fun for me. I like it a lot. I like to have a, have have a beer. beer. Well, I, well, apparently you like to come to the matchup studios with a beer, too. You came in with – I don't know what this is. This tin mug that looks like you found in Beirut. Uh, I, I, what kind of what, what do you have in there? Well, uh, funny story. I was, I was, you know, like grabbed, grabbed the beer and I was just like, like I, I should have a beer with dinner. So I had it and I had it unopened. And I was like, I'll just take it over to the studio. So I drove here with it like in my bag. No, with the clothes. It was in my bag. So I was like. I, I, I just felt like a, a real degenerate walking up through the house, like to, to, to the studio with with a beaker in my hand. So I was like, you know, let me pour it into this to this mug I can hear in the Let me pour into this tin mug that looks like it, it looks like it's about forty three years old. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't want to get confiscated my my beer confiscated by any local authorities, so I just said, you know what, I'm just going to keep it keep it hidden in the in the nice little thing, and I came in and I was sipping on it and. It was delicious. It was one thing, actually. So, so any, if there any beer sponsors, if beer connoisseurs are out there listening in, uh, please uh, let us know if you want to sponsor us. Because we're big fans of uh, all things beer. Kev, let me ask you a question. Is golf a sport? Yes. Why? Because you, it's a physical activity. You, you just said it. You just said it. You just said it. It's an activity. All right? To me... My buddies and I always talk about what what is what constitutes a sport. And here's what I think constitutes a sport. I think if someone is trying to if someone is trying to stop you from doing something, to me that's a sport. Golf to me is a skilled activity. Bowling skilled activity. Archery skilled activity. Dart skilled activity. Football sport. Someone is trying to stop you from gaining yards. Basketball. Someone trying to stop you from scoring the ball. Tennis. Someone's trying to stop you from hitting winners. So to me, to me, golf's a nice, a nice activity, a leisurely activity. But to me, it's not a sport. I, I, I think sport has to be someone stopping you from doing something you want to do. Your thoughts? I mean, you, you do make a good point. Thank you. However, I do, I do agree, agree that a sport is, is a, but a sport is a competition and. You're not, you're not, someone might not be physically standing in your way stopping you, but there's a competition going on. You're competing against someone else. And I don't think you're not going to be competing against the course. You're competing against the course. You're not going to be able to do When you're doing that, and you're seeing about to be off on 13, and you hear a roar. Come from, from 17, you know something good happened. Right, but you're still not competing against that person on that play. You're com- now I'm competing against the course. I have to, I have, you know, I have to birdie this hole. So I have to hit around this dog. I have to hit a dog leg left here. 
I have to be, I have to be, I have to hit the screening regulation. I have to two putt. I need the par this at minimum. Is yeah. Tiger stopping you from that par? No, the course is. So, is 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 NASCAR a sport? No. no. Why not? Because it's it's you're in a car. You're, you're in a car. You're not. You're not exactly. Because it's, it's, you're it's, walking it's, the course. You have to walk the course. That's why uh, Casey. What's his name? Uh, Langle. <laughs> no, that's Casey. Uh, Casey Martin. Casey. No, no, that's a race car. Oh my gosh, gosh. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm coming full circle right now. It wasn't Casey. Was it Casey Martin? No. Actually, I'm, I, I keep wanting to say Justin Rose. It's not. Um, no, it's definitely Casey. Casey. That's Get on that golfer. Golfer, golfer, golfer in a golf cart. Was was confined to a golf yeah. cart. Um, but all right. So you're saying golf's a sport, but NASCAR isn't. Yeah. I'm not saying they're both. I'm saying I'm saying horse racing isn't a sport. I just well, horse racing is not a sport because it's not a sport because you're not in control. Like the golfer is in control of what he does. So he has the club. He has clubs. He's in control. He has his equipment. A. Uh, Yeah. 
but no, I mean, I mean, I hope Kobe comes back. But it's, it's good, good for the game. game. I, think I think it's, it's good, good for the game, game of basketball if Kobe, Kobe Bryant is playing because, because it's, it's, people, people care. care. People, people want to see those comparisons. They want to see. Compare him to LeBron, compare him to Jordan. Those, those comparisons are, are what makes... It's like some of these knuckleheads have writers, their job. To me, there's no comparison between Kobe, Jordan, and LeBron. Why? I'll tell you why. When you analyze or when you break down greatest players of all time and things like that, you have to take everything into consideration. Not just some things. Like like some people people who are Kobe fans will pick out oh well he's got five titles. He's got this. He's got that. He's a scoring champ. But they'll leave out he lost two NBA finals. He only has one MVP. Okay? So you have to take everything into consideration. Kobe the five time champion is five and two in the finals. He's got two finals MVPs. The other three championships, Shaq is by far the best player on the team. Okay? He has three, um, you know, he's one, he has one MVP. To me, how does Kobe Bryant only have one MVP? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Okay. okay. LeBron, he's one and two in finals. He has one finals MVP and three MVPs. So Kobe's lost two finals. Uh-huh. LeBron's lost two finals. Jordan, six-time NBA champ, 6-0 and in the finals. He has six finals MVPs and five MVPs. So you have to take everything into consideration. At the end of the day, Jordan's always going to be undefeated in finals. He's always got six MVPs in the finals. Kobe, at the end of the day, will have a minimum two NBA or two losses in the NBA finals at minimum. Mm-hmm. LeBron will have two losses in there. So, to me, like when you start comparing the, the, the all-time greats, I think to be considered an all-time great, will with will be exception. You have to have at least three MVP or three finals to sit at the table. I think that, that, that's, that's what I think. think. And, and, and obviously, obviously, we'll, obviously we'll, we'll see because he only has one or does he have one or two, one championship. I guess I believe it's three. So, but that's just me. I mean, people argue with me all the time. I, I have buddies saying Will's the best player of all time. Again, I've never seen Will play one second, and they throw all the stats at him. He's never found out of a game. He's never done this. He's cha- and, and Will changed rules. You know, he's changed rules. But when I go back and look at tapes. I do the eyeball test. Jordan has more skills. Mm-hmm. Jordan's a more skilled player. If, if Will was that dominant, why didn't he win more championships? See, I mean, I, I agree with you. I like Kobe, and I think Jordan is obviously the best of all time. People in this game don't understand because they see Kobe and they see LeBron, and they're like, well, LeBron, but it's the same thing we've had an argument before. If Kobe, if Kobe played against. Uh, uh, Jordan played against LeBron. Like LeBron, six times, two hundred and sixty pounds. Jordan was six seven, six six, six two 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 twenty. Two, two, yeah. yeah, probably, maybe. So then what? But, but you know, when you talk about the all-time greats, I, I think Jordan. To to me, to me, Jordan is the standard. And Kobe, you know, Kobe's going to, you know, Kobe comes back, he's probably going to pass Jordan on the all-time scoring list. Uh-huh. Now, now, essentially, Kobe's played 17 years. Jordan essentially played 13 years. I mean, are we really counting the last two years with the Wizards when he was 38, no. 39, or 39, no. I mean, that's fun. So, um, 
you know, Kobe's played 220 more games than Jordan. Uh, I, I always go, I always go back and say that sports are always better when you're younger. So it's going to be very, very hard. And, and Michael Jordan was right in my wheelhouse growing up. I mean, I'm in eighth grade, ninth grade. He's at the top. You know, Jordan was in my wheelhouse. You're, you're going to have to really, really convince me to, for me to ever say LeBron or Kobe is better than Jordan. Sports to me is always better when you're younger, and Jordan was in my wheelhouse, and to me he's always going to be the best. And, yeah, and yeah, I, 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 think that's that's what, what, I think that's what everyone's, everyone's argument is going to be. be. Because, because it's, it's, our, is this going to be someone who's going to be bigger, bigger better, stronger, stronger than, than Rod? And, and the kids who are watching them are going to say, say there's, there's always going to be that argument. Who's that? That's what makes basketball fun. There's always going to be that argument. And it's funny, Kev, I'm watching last week on NBA Hardware Classics, I'm watching the 97 finals between the Bulls and the Jazz. And I'm going, man, these guys are skinny. They don't look like they can play today. Uh-huh. And then when you go back and watch tapes in the 70s and 80s, you're going, man, those guys don't look like they can play in the 90s. What, what is basketball? What are basketball players going to look like in 20 years? Are they all going to look like LeBron James? I mean, uh, you know, you, you go back and look at baseball players like a Doug Glanville and guys like that. And they were just so skinny and lanky and long. And, you know, they don't look like players today. And I think that sports is just keep getting bigger, faster, stronger, and I don't know if it's good or bad for sports. You're right. Whatever it is, I think it's, I think it's good for sports. I think sports, if there's nothing to debate, these people are going to stop watching. If people don't have their personal favorites, people are going to stop watching. It's just plain and simple. That's just kind of how it goes. People watch because they want to explain. I was on Twitter the other day, and I'm looking at all the nonsense when Tiger goes off and has his, you know, the whole issue with him. And I'm just like, what, what is wrong with these people? Why are they so miserable? Like, it was, I was so annoyed at how miserable these people were because... Well, you know why? People like to see the Giants fall. You know, and when when people complain, like, when you're at a sporting event... And Michael Jordan gets fouled, and the and the and the home, you know, the Bulls are playing in an away game, and Jordan gets fouled, or Jordan gets his third foul. The crowd cheers so much. That just means you don't suck. I mean, I mean, players, players who get booed all the time are are, are usually one of two things: they left that city under bad terms, mm-hmm. or they're a great player. And I just think the greater you are, people want to see you fall and want to see you fail. And I think that's what's going on with Tiger Woods. Especially with the whole thing that went on with his his social life and his personal life, and the fact that he's chasing Jack, he needs you know, four more more majors to tie. Which, by the way, he's not getting. It. And I don't know. I don't know if he really sniffs it. Uh, there's too many good golfers, and I just think Tiger's head's not in the right place, and he's a little too inconsistent right now. Unless he gets that driver down, he's not winning too many majors. I hear you. It's, it's going to be interesting. interesting. I, think, I think, you know, the time will tell. I think you can get through this year. year. So, so we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what, what happens. happens. So, so joining, joining us on the, on the line, we have NBA veteran. Veteran, veteran of 12, 12 from NBA team. Mr. Chuck, <laughs> Chuck Brown. Chuck, Chuck, how, how are, are you? I'm doing great, man. A little background. Chucky, Chucky was an unbelievable, unbelievable player in the NBA. He played, played 12 different teams. teams. 
But people don't talk about how unbelievable he was as a coach. Because he was my coach in the D League. He was my assistant coach. Unbelievable in terms of developing me. Had a great, great relationship with him. It was a lot of fun, and I'm so proud to, uh, to call Chucky uh, a coach and a friend. Chucky, how are you tonight? I'm doing great, man. What's going on, man? I appreciate the good uh, the good words, the kind words. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm trying to get the Chuck, Chuck, huh? Chucky, Chucky, how you doing? This is this is Mike. Um, Chuck, you know you're you're an NBA scout now, right? You, you know you look at a lot of you look at guys like an Anthony Davis and guys like that, and a lot of guys coming out in the draft now. You know, do the scouts really go a lot on potential or kind of what they see now? Um, I think it's based on potential now. It's not really. Uh, I mean, it, it has a lot to do with. What's going on now? That's probably why they're in a position uh, to be drafted. But I think uh, a lot of uh, a lot of it depends on, you know, what they think that a player is going to be. Mm-hmm. So, Chucky, there's a lot of guys the past week have declared saying they're going to uh-huh. go enter the NBA draft. Out of some of those guys, you know, the the Cody Zellers, you know, the Trey Burks. What do you? What advice would you give them? some of these young players leaving school early and heading the NBA? Uh, The advice I would give them, man, would be to definitely work on your game. Um, Don't, don't get caught up in the, uh, the lifestyle and uh, all of the perks um, that come with being an NBA player. Work on your game and try to try to get better in your weak areas. Because I think a lot of those guys, um, you know, it, it's just like the, the the thing you do now. I guess when you get hot, you know you leave because if you stay after you had a great year and you stay again, then people will begin to pick your game apart. You know they they, they look at a case. Um, you know you look at a case like a guy like uh, I remember years ago John Wallace. Um, yep. He was a senior, and I remember him having a good junior year. And his senior year, people just picked his game apart. And he, I think he went in the late first round where they were saying if he had left as a junior, he'd have been a top ten pick. So um, I think that a lot of those guys leave early so that people don't pick their games apart. But, you know, they need to go. When they get to the NBA, just continue to work on your game and get better at the areas that you're not good at. Yeah, I, I think Jared Sollinger would be another uh... – uh, guy, I, I think that I think he may have gotten hurt, but he was, I, you know, his freshman, I guess his freshman year, sophomore year was, you know, projected to be number one pick, and he stayed another year, got hurt. So, Chucky, I almost feel like some guys are frowned upon if they stay four years in college. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I know the norm now is if you're, you know, you're a great freshman, sophomore, but do you, do you think now it's kind of almost frowned upon when guys are almost looked at as they're not that good if they played four years in college? Yeah, it almost seems like that. Um, it, it almost seems like that where um, if it's a guy that came in with, like, high billing, um, for him to stay four years and he was ranked the number one player in his class coming out of high school, and if he stayed four years, it's almost frowned upon. It, look, it looks that way to me as well. So, so Coach, you know, you're talking a little – we're talking a little bit about recruited players. Now, you were a highly recruited player coming out of high school, going to NC State – playing for a legendary coach. Tell us about your experience getting the, the recruiting process and playing for a legendary coach. Uh, I thought the recruiting process was fun. It got to be 
when it got to be annoying, that's when I committed. Um, it was fun having all those coaches. Uh, back then it was like Lefty Giselle would call me and he'd have like Moses Malone on the phone or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I that stuff was kind of fun, you know. Uh, but when it got to the point where, like, I couldn't leave the house, like, because the phone kept ringing. Yep. And I said, you know what, I'm getting tired of this. Let me go ahead. I knew where I wanted to go anyway, so I was just like, you know what, I'll go ahead and, you know, stop messing around and go ahead and, <laughs> and, and make the commitment. But it was fun. I thought it was fun. Uh, it's nice to have uh, it's nice to have those college coaches calling you. Like I had Joey Meyer call. It was, it was coaches that you know I, I would always see on television, and then they were calling me. So it, it was great. Now, Chuck, you, you played for twelve NBA teams. What do you have one you know specific team that kind of sticks out that was your favorite, or do they kind of just all mesh together after a while? Um, I would have to say that uh, Houston was my favorite. They they all don't don't mess together because all of them, though it was a a, a good, you know, it's good to be where you were. Mm-hmm. All of them were pleasant to be a part of. Uh, if that sounds right. Now, did, um, did, but, did, did you win? The, did you win? A, <laughs> did you win a championship with Houston? Yeah, we won it in Houston. Yep. So that was that was probably yep. the best place yep. because we had uh, good continuity. Yeah, everyone pretty much liked each other, and everyone was very professional. So it's always fun to play with people like that. And I guess it's, I guess it's fun to play with uh, Akeem Olajuwon too. And uh, <laughs> I, well, I, uh, was that the year Drexler was on the team too? Yeah, Clyde. We, yep. we traded for Clyde yep. uh, right after the All Star break. He came in. Right. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's oh yeah. So, coach, you know, you go, you go through, you become a play, you're an unbelievable player, you're an NBA veteran. Then, you, then it comes down, and you, you, you start getting into coaching. Describe the transition from becoming a top-flight NBA player to being then uh, NBA D League and ABA coach. Um, I don't, it wasn't that bad of a transition for me. Um, because it, it, you know basketball, you've been doing it all your life. So um, going from player uh, to coach, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. I think I think the the thing about coming from player to coach is I think you're more uh, you're more sympathetic to what the players go through. Whereas a guy that may have never played before that's coaching, he he may not really fully understand what a player is going through. So you more so understand what a player is going through, and I think the transition was was really pretty easy for me. And what about those some of the players? You know, I I was right there with you. Some of those players that had a little chip on their shoulder, thinking that they were better than you know they they were. How do you how do you handle those kind of guys when when you know how much you've been through, you know where you've been, and you got this young guy coming in talking trash, almost <laughs> thinking that he's that he could take you. Well, I, I think what you got to do with them is, um, you know, just be straightforward with them. You know, you don't sugarcoat things. You just tell them how, tell them how it is. Tell them how it really is. You know, you don't sugarcoat anything and, and be around the bush with it. You be straight up with them. And I think that, um, you know, I think that 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 use that usually works, at least for me. <laughs> Chucky, we, I need you to settle an argument here between Kevin and I. We, <laughs> earlier in the show, we were debating. We kind of got into the whole Kobe Bryant injury, and then kind of debating the best players of all time. Who, who in your mind is the best player of all time? 
Best player of all time. I mean, I I I have to say it was uh, probably Jordan. Uh, I think that was easy. I think that's an easy one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so too. And and the reason the reason I think so as well is to to me Jordan was undefeated in final. He was undefeated. You know, six and zero in championships. Six finals right. MVPs. To me, Kobe is you know he lost two finals. LeBron lost two finals. Can, can you be considered the best if you if you did lose finals? Uh, I think you can be considered the best, but the reason why I see Jordan is the best is because you've never really seen a guy, a player, leave like from playing with Kobe Bryant and sign a big contract. Jordan's got other, got guys like Scott Williams left and signed a big contract. Will Purdue, Steve Kerr, mm-hmm. Horace Grant. You know, you got countless guys that have right. left and went on to sign big deals. Jason Caffey. You know, mm-hmm. other places. And I don't think anyone has ever left Kobe and done that. Right. That's why I say Jordan. That's why I say Jordan was the best because he I, made other people better. I, uh-huh. I, I think you played with one of the most underrated centers, Akeem Olajuwon. You know, when you talk about the best centers of all time, you know, his name right. rarely gets mentioned, but his numbers and his and his game, obviously, you know, is second to none. Yeah, I agree. Dream was tough, man. I, I tell you, it was, it was very impressive to to sit and watch him play. You know, every night or be out there playing with him. Uh, every night, it was, it was very impressive. And the, the thing about him is that you know he practiced hard. You know he came right. to practice every day. He came to work, and that's very rare. Um, you know you don't. A lot of these guys they don't they don't come to work every day. Dream. Mm-hmm. You know I can honestly say he came to work every day. So, coach, speaking of speaking of practice, the whole Mike Rice scandal. Now you <laughs> are a, are a junior at Rutgers University. This guy's throwing balls, cussing cussing everyone out. How do you react? Um, I think that those kids uh, need to be amended on how they how they responded to that because mm-hmm. uh, it, it very easily could have gotten real ugly. And uh, you know, the, I mean, you, you always have a boss. I guess you can say you don't have to necessarily like your boss. You uh-huh. know, and I'm sure they didn't really like him, um, but. I think that I think that criminals charges should come up against them because right. they were in a position where, you know, they really couldn't do nothing. Say one of them kids had punched him in the face. Say say they did that. You yeah. know, without the videotape, they're gonna be wrong. Regardless. Yeah. yeah. You know, because of how they reacted to it. And what I don't understand about a lot of I guess how people are in society, I mean people want you to always walk away, walk away. When is it time to do something? Was it time for them to do something? You know what I'm saying? You're getting balls thrown at you, you're getting kicked in the butt, you're getting pushed in the back. When do you do something? You know, so I think those kids need to be commended for not uh, not punching them in the nose because I can't say that I would have had that same type of <laughs> – you know what I'm saying? I, I can't say I would have had that same type of restraint right. because, you know, I was always taught you don't put your hands on people. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had coaches – you know, we, I thought coaches yelling when I was playing, it was funny. It was funny to hear them yelling. But then, you know, I understand that, you know, as a as an eighteen, nineteen year old kid, you know, I may have his future uh I may, you know, have his future in my hands or how his job goes and I got he has to, you know, find a way to get me to respond, but that's never a good way to have somebody respond. <laughs> well, Chucky Brown, uh we, we can't thank you enough for joining us tonight on the uh, Matchup Zone. We really appreciate your time, and uh, we look forward to talking to you soon, talking some more uh, NBA, talking some more with you uh, in the near future. All right. Well, thank you for having me, man.
It was good talking to you. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Chucky. All right. Great job. All right, y'all take care. All right. Okay. So Chucky Brown, uh, a 12-year NBA veteran, joining us, uh, just joining us on the show tonight uh, in the matchup zone. Great insight, you know, kind of talking talking about playing with Hakeem Olajuwon, talking about playing with some Clyde Drexler, and, uh, you know, his experience in the NBA was definitely a very interesting interview, uh, talking to Mike Rice, and he had yeah. some he had really well, good points. To, to me, when I think of Chucky Brown, I just think of a hard-nosed guy. I mean, you always remember Chucky, just kind of one of those guys, always doing the dirty work, always scrapping for a loose ball, rebounding, boxing out. Um, you know, and, and those type of things obviously don't go unnoticed. And the guy played for 12 uh, different NBA teams. Um, you know, there's a reason he was let go, but there's also a reason someone else wants him. That they need they yeah. need, they need a guy who can. Uh, Kev, uh, breaking news too. Um, as we're as Chucky uh, as Chucky Brown was on the um, on the line here, Adam Scott wins the 2013 Masters. Uh, he outduels Angel Cabrera. And he's the first Aussie to ever win the Masters, so congratulations to Adam Scott. Um, this is obviously – obviously he's never won a major before. The closest he's got, he was tied for second in the 2011 Masters. He was second in the Open Open Championship in 2012, and he was tied for third for the PGA Championship in 2006. So Adam Scott, great golfer, and he finally got his just due by winning the 2013 Masters. Steve Williams uh, – going to be making some more money uh, away from Tiger. And that's got to be a little bit of a feather in Steve Williams' cap, too, to say, you know what, Tiger, you fire me, no problem. I'm going on with Adam Scott, and I'm going to win the 2013 Masters. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Now, how much do how much the caddies make? Do you, do we, do you know how, Steve Williams how much, has to be making. No, no, Steve Williams is making. He made so much money. But do they make, like, a percentage, like 10%? I mean, I, you know I, what? I knew this answer. Uh, Zeke, look that, can you do me a favor look this up for us? Because I knew that answer. I read Rick Riley. He had a book uh, out that he published, and he talked about caddying for a lot of different people, for famous people, for famous golfers, yeah, I mean, and he I, discussed it. I just I mean, can't remember. Steve Williams, I mean, let, let's say you make 10% of the winnings. I mean, you know, I, I think today's purse was $8 million maybe. Yeah. I, I think something around there. You know, that ain't a bad day's work. No, it's for not, parents, but that – I'll wipe clubs off and hold an umbrella for uh, with the team. You know? Yeah, but you also have to look at the guy who uh, was caddying for 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 your Asian friend uh, from the South Korean kid. What is uh, he making? What is Bubba? What is Bubba? Uh, Bubba Watson's caddy making this this week? Nothing. But he also made. He also Bubba Watson also won the Masters last year. So you know, I, I again, I'm not trying to compare who what caddy makes more. I just want to kind of know, wait, what's going on here? That's the final leaderboard. Tiger oh. Tiger finishes fourth today. And you know what, Mike? Me and you had a little discussion yeah. earlier to, uh, last yesterday, actually, where we said, you know, Tiger. I said Tiger's going to Tiger's going to. I was rooting for Tiger. I said, you know, I, I hate all these papers. Yeah, he's going to yeah. pop on red. I put it on Twitter that he was going to pop on red and dominate. And uh, lo and behold, he he came out strong. But uh, you know, we can't go on without discussing his the the penalty. Obviously, was yeah. was was hurt, but I think it was fair. I don't think he should have been disqualified. A, a, a but lot that's... of golfers, yeah, but a lot of golfers thought, including Nick Faldo, thought that he should have done the right thing and disqualified himself. You know, golf's one of those games where you kind of police yourself, uh-huh. um, and you know you up, you uphold the standards of the tradition and all that kind of stuff. But apparently, according to the rules, that what you know. But by the way, a caller called in, or someone who watched it on TV called in. Did you see that whole thing? 
someone on TV called that's I can't believe that they can actually go to the rules by saying yeah. someone called in they saw something on TV. That's like you and I being at a Sixers game and we think uh Thaddeus Young is oh that was a foul and Ruff, yeah, you know what you're right, that's a foul. I mean, what the hell is going on? Funny story, I was actually at the Sixers game today. Uh, my wife Sarah came and surprised me with two tickets to see the Cleveland Cavaliers and Philadelphia 76ers. Who won that game? Uh, Sixers won by 20. Oh, but Kyrie Irving play? Yeah. So I'm wa- I'm watching and I look down and on the floor is this guy Hayward Workman who was played yeah. in the NBA. Oh, yeah, played with the Pacers. That was also an MBDL, a D League official. So he was a official. He refed a lot of my games. I was Hayward I used to, Workman. I was I used to I used to fly off the handle real a lot when I was playing. I should have asked Chucky about it. I used to fly off the handle, and Hayward was was always my favorite because he used to he would, he would, he didn't put up with any of my crap. He'd be like knock like shut your mouth, and I'd see him after the game, and we'd laugh and stuff. Yeah. But he was a he was a cool guy. Regardless, he was refereeing the game today, and I was actually Wait, Hayward work with an NBA ref now. Yeah, he moved his way up. He was refereeing the Sixers game. I was gonna walk down to center court. Hey, I was gonna walk down to center court today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got excited. What's his name? What's he? What is this? Uh, they're giving him a little. They're giving him a little jacket, I guess, for making the cut or being the youngest person to make a cut. They're giving a. No, they, they, they can't. They can't be giving him a jacket. Well, no, have... he's just getting it. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, Adam Scott. Okay, yeah, Adam Scott's are receiving this green jacket. Okay, yeah, Bubba, Bubba Watson. Watson. Yeah. Vans on because he didn't make the. Well, anyway, so. They would work with working the work in the game. I wanted to walk down the at halftime and just like kind of like show my Yo, face Adam, and be like wave to him. But I was, you know, I, I feel Hayward embarrassed Mark, when I was working. Hayward Markman working. Um. <laughs> oh, what do we got? What are people saying on Twitter? Sports <laughs> Center just on Twitter. Sports Center. El Pato. I don't know what that means. Um. But it says Angel Cabrera sticks approach on 18th within five feet of birdie forces playoff. I mean, this was 50, you know, 50 minutes ago. But uh, too many people. Uh, Scott's kind of needs to be target. Well, got, yeah, I mean, we're getting some, we're getting some nice play on Twitter here. Uh, Chris Biddle said he's shaking his head at the matchup zone. I'm not sure why. Um, Born free, by the way, gave me gave me a shout out. Say this is perfect. Mike is dead wrong. Tell him to walk 18 holes a couple days in, in the row in 90 degree weather. Give me said a break, Mister Born Free Frito. He said it. Frito is uh, is is is, is yeah. a, a, a good good listener, but he gave me the old uh, the old Kev greater than Mike sign. That's a big that's a big one on Twitter these days. The old great. I I want to. I wish they could make a uh, greater than or equal to. I don't see it here on my. No, but you, you know, keyboard. Kev, you know, I mean, is your computer up and running yet? <laughs> uh, Sorry for the echo yeah, before my yeah, computer. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, try. I mean, I mean, no, I understand. You know, it's, I understand you're walking in ninety degree. I mean, I've golfed before. So, Frito, wherever you're listening from, thank you for joining us. But I've golfed before. I've golfed in ninety hundred degree weather. I've golfed in the rain. It's, you know, there's nothing worse than golfing in the rain. But to me. A sport is someone stopping you from doing something you want to do, and I, I you know, like a baseball player, um, someone pitching to you is trying, you know, he's trying to get you out. The hitter's trying to get a hit. The fielders are trying to stop you from reaching a base. Uh, to to me, that's a um, crickets. But you know, you know, Frito, uh, you, you know, you're entitled to your opinion, but I just think you're wrong. But so thanks for listening, Frito. 
You know, Mike, so we were talking last week. We said we we should have let this happen. We said that uh, Zeke was going to open the show. We were going to give him five minutes to open the show. We should have because of, you know, the dogs barking, the, the, the <laughs> echoing. I, I mean, the first five minutes of the show is always a disaster anyway. <laughs> why, not, why, not, uh, why not add on to it? Exactly. And, and it's true. And that's what I said. I was just like, you know, we'll let – we can let Zeke uh, open open the show, but then we kind of talked more and more, and it was like, you know what? It's it's just not it's just not going to happen. However, we did compromise. We said Zeke and his and his uh, intern buddy, who is who's re- recently going or just about to be hired. He's still in the interview process for an internship, but we're going to give him two minutes of time tonight. We're going to have him talk two minutes of the funny side of sports. So Zeke and E class as we like to call him, are going to discuss the lighter side of sports for two minutes. Zeke, you there, Zeke? Uh, I think so. Am I here? Yes, you are. Brilliant. Let's get E-Class on the line, too. E-Class, is this you? Hey, Kev. Hey, Mike. Hey. Hey, what's up? Hey. Okay. okay. All right. Hey, guys. Thanks Here's for having us. Go. Go. Now, the other day, Zeke and I, we were talking about how the NCAA champions, Louisville, and we were talking about their coach, Rick Pitino, and we found out that uh, he promised uh, to his team halfway through the season that if they won the national championship, he'd get a tattoo. And uh, now, obviously, we all know they won the championship, and he's gone through with it. Yeah, that's right. And um, we, uh, once we found out he was going to go through with this, we immediately started to uh, to think – what he was going to get. And recently he did come out and say he's getting a pretty simple tattoo on his shoulder, Louisville 2013 champions. But we wanted to have a little fun with this, so we went online and we got some of the best uh, ideas we thought were the best ideas off Twitter, offline. And now we're going to go down the list here and uh, we're going to decide what we think he should have gotten. So we'll start off with the first idea we got and then uh, E-Class here will comment on it. The first one we found was Luke Hancock's beard. What do you think, E-Class? Yeah, I think if Rick Pacino got a tattoo of Luke Hancock's beard, it would have been symbolic, obviously, because this guy won him the championship. I mean, it's safe to say that out of nowhere, keeping him in the game in the first half, I think Luke Hancock's beard would have been an awesome tattoo. Now, the second one that we found, which we thought was just a great tattoo, Kevin Ware's tibia bursting through his shin skin. Yeah, the, uh, the second I saw this idea, it, it immediately became the, the the top one for me because 20 years down the line, when they're talking about the 2013 NCAA tournament, one of the first things that will come up will be Kevin Ware's tibia coming out of his leg. So it would just it would just be poetic justice for Rick Pitino to get a tattoo on his own shin of a bone popping through. I think that's that's my pick right there. I don't even have to go on, but we will anyway. Um, what do you think of an entire arm sleeve done in Zubaz pattern? And if you don't know what Zubaz pattern in pattern is, it's basically zebra stripes stuff like that. What do you think, class? Yeah, like a Zubaz pattern is like a funny looking zebra stripe. And I think if Rick Pitino got a sleeve of it at seven years old, that that would have been actually a hysterical tattoo and a perfect tattoo that he should have gotten. All right, now this this is probably my favorite. I know it's not Zeke's. But I think that he should have gotten a tattoo of Peyton Siva's chin strap. Not Peyton Siva's face or anything else, but just Peyton Siva's chin strap. Well, I'm a huge fan of the chin strap. I don't know about you, but uh, I think it's a great facial hair look. But on a 70-year-old man such as Rick Pitino, I think that it would look a little, little ridiculous. 
he doesn't have the bone structure for it on his jawline. And I think he'd be feeling some of the Antibus Thunder. That's why I'm not for the uh, for the chin strap. But um, let's see. What else do we have here? What else do we have here? Oh, here we go. What, about, what do you think about this? Something similar to Mike Tyson's face tattoo, only the pattern resembles a net freshly cut from the rim. Yeah. You know what, Zeke? I can just imagine Rick Pitino, he's sort of an intimidating guy, just walking down the street with just, a freshly cut net right square on the face. Yeah, I can just picture that right now. Just him, white shirt, red tie, and a freshly cut net right on his face. I think yeah, that's, I think that's a great the perfect tattoo. one. Yeah. All right, well, before we do that, now here's the thing. We both watched the game. We saw Trey Burke absolutely swat Peyton Siva and what a ridiculous foul call. What do you think of half of a heart on um, Rick Pitino's forearm and then the ref from the championship game, getting the other half of the heart done on his forearm. Yeah, I watched this game from beginning to end, and I think whoever put this on Twitter, uh, he definitely had some uh, some just justification to thinking that Rick Pitino and the rest had a little bit of a love relationship here because that was that block on Trey Burke, the Trey Burke block, Peyton Siva, was one of the most ridiculous calls I've yep, ever seen, especially absolutely. especially in a game of that magnitude. But at the same time, I don't think anyone would say that those officials ruined the game for Michigan. I think no. Louisville was the better team. But at the same time, that would be that would be pretty sweet if if, if we discover that they actually do have matching heart tattoos. I wouldn't be that surprised. <laughs> um, let's see what else. Um, what do you think about this? A ribbon that reads 2014 NIT tournament participant. Yeah, I mean, you know, Zeke, we did see Kentucky, the same thing happened with them. I feel like a lot of uh, Louisville players are going to be uh, declaring for the draft, and so, I mean, Louisville might not even make it to the NCAA tournament. So that would be pretty funny if you got 2014 NIT tournament participant, and we'll see what happens this season. Now, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if that panned out. All right, now, Zeke, I think it's time uh, that we make the decision on our favorite tattoo. What do you think? All right, well, if I had to choose, I think I think Kevin wears tibia bursting through the shin skin. I would have to go with that just because everyone saw this kid's bone popping out of his leg for a good – they replayed that that video about 100 times, and I, and they're going to keep playing that video for the, for the rest of that kid's life. So for the sake of Kevin Ware, I think Ripetino owes it to that player to get – a matching tattoo and put his bone through his leg. You know, Zeke, I respect that decision, but I'm just, I can't get this picture in my head. Just walking down the street and I look up and I just see Rick Pitino just with a, a freshly cut net just going across his face. I, I think Mike, that's, that's the way it should have gone. The Mike, the Mike Tyson face tattoo is probably the most recognizable tattoo of all time. And Rick Pitino exactly. definitely has the per- definitely has the personalities for the tattoo like that, so I have no I have no issues with that pick. Yeah, it's safe to say that at his age, pretty much anything will look terrible. Yeah, that, that, that's that's fair. <laughs> All right. All right. So, oh. pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, both of you, I thought that was a, I thought it was a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be. You know what? Thank you very much. Evan, great job. I thought it was very funny, very well thought out. And uh, obviously a lot of preparation went into this. And we uh, we thank you guys for coming on and giving us 
two or five years. Yeah, thank you guys very much, and hopefully we'll be back next week. Don't get carried away. Good job, E-Class. All right, beat it. All right, see you later. Oh, uh, wow. Pretty funny. Pretty funny. Hey, hey. Good. Yeah, I actually have to, uh, I got to give a lot of credit to E-Class on that one. We knew we wanted to talk about the tattoo because we thought that was a pretty outrageous thing, but he found most of these ideas on Twitter, came up with a couple of them on his own, so. Is Rick Pitino really 70? I, th- I want to say he's 60. You might have exaggerated the age. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he's I think 70. he's 60 years old. I mean, if he's 70, he looks phenomenal. Yeah, I don't, he's not 70. I, I did look it up today. I'm pretty sure he's 60. Yeah, I mean, if he's 70, that's the best look 70-year-old guy I've ever seen. Great hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, good job, Dick. Thank you, guys. Back to the cave with you. <laughs> so, I, I thought, thought, I thought I, we were good. I mean, I mean, yeah, we had we obviously had our mics on mute, and we were laughing. Uh, we yeah, were, I was laughing pretty pretty much through I, that. I, I mean, in between you chugging on your uh, on your on your your tin of beer, your vat of beer there, I mean, <laughs> your vat of beer. I mean, I thought uh, I thought it was pretty funny. I did. I thought it was. I thought it was really well done. I like the uh, what is it, Zeke? What do you call it? The stuff on the stuff on their uniform. What do you call what it? What stuff on the uniform? The stuff on the uniform. The army, please. Oh, the, um, the Zubass, I think it was called. Yeah, yeah Zubass pattern. That would be that would be impressive, I think, because I think everyone agrees those those jerseys were absolutely hideous. Horrible. I mean, I mean, any team that wears sleeves on their unis, I mean, come on, that's pretty bad. Come on. I thought, that, I thought that was that was the one that really that was, got me. That was laugh. the one that got you. I laughed really hard on that one. I thought. I mean, I mean, that's funny. That's some funny stuff. I mean, Zeke's a funny dude. There's no denying that. Zeke and E-Class. I think Zeke and E-Class deserve... Uh, they deserve minutes. a second I think, week? I think they deserve another week of two minutes of the funny side of sports, and they just go back and forth. Because I think it's interesting. I think people... We're not that funny. No, we're not funny at all. So, but like, let's just, I think we should cut them to three, like, three minutes and just stop it at three. Wherever they are at three minutes, it's over. <laughs> That could be funny. Of course, people probably want people want to do the same to us. All right, after twenty minutes, it's over. These guys heard enough of these guys talking. At what point, at what point do our ratings actually get a listen if they uh, when they turn it off? Hopefully, not too. Um, but yeah, Adam Scott Kev uh, wins the 2013 Masters. Son uh, of a gun. Son of a gun. Tiger, your your boy Tiger finished. What did he finish? Tied for fifth, I guess. Tied for fourth. Tied for fourth. Or yeah, tied for fourth. Tied for fourth. Once again, the matchup zone brought to you tonight by Advocare South Jersey Orthopedic Associates. Advocare South Jersey Orthopedic Associates is a comprehensive facility serving the region with high-quality orthopedic services for more than 60 years. You can reach them at 856-424-8866 or on their website at www.advocaredoctors.com forward slash S-J-O-A forward slash. Uh, yeah. Three four seven two one five eight one two six. You can follow us on Twitter at the match underline zone on Facebook. Underline <laughs> Facebook. Type in the matchup zone and my email the matchup zone at gmail dot com. So, Kev, in a couple minutes we will be going to your dreaded. For those of you who who didn't uh, who weren't who didn't catch the matchup zone last week, uh, last week was WrestleMania twenty nine. I guess it was. And Kevin, we went. I went down the list, and Kevin gave his picks for the, you know, for the the, the winners. 
and we have those documented. And as soon as I can pull those up here, we will be giving you the uh, the results of Kevin. And, and Kevin is a, a you know he's a very big wrestling fan. He if, you know if you were listening last week, he gave storylines and he knew the plots and and who's fighting who and and what manager and I mean it was a little disturbing, uh, but nonetheless I think the picture. I think we got him here. Give me one second here. Kev, hold on a I'm, second. I'm a, I'm a little embarrassed. I'm not going to lie. I'm a, I'm I'm a little embarrassed by my by my predictions. I think uh, you know. What a, first off, what do I know? What do you mean? What do you know? You were running down. Well, I think that uh, Stephanie McMahon and Triple H, you know, Triple H is dating Stephanie McMahon, and I think that she, uh, he's going to win because you know she's part of the McMahon family. Here's the, here, well, here's the thing that our listeners don't understand is how much of a fan Mike is of wrestling. What are you talking about, Ev? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. I was a huge fan back in the '80s. Back in the eighties, I mean, you know, I had the, I had the, in, in the studio, I had the picture, the autograph picture of Nature, you know, Nature Boy up there, you know. Uh, now I was a huge wrestling fan in the eighties, you know, but I, honestly, I stopped watching probably at around ninety ninety one. I mean, religiously, you know, I, you know, I'm tuning, you know, I'll, you know, what's going on, but you, you know, missed the whole Stone Cold era. See, that's when I was really yeah, big I, into I it. Missed Stone Cold era. Um, you know, the, the, well, The Undertaker's been around forever, but see, my, my heyday was like on a Saturday at 2 o'clock at the, on, this, on, on Prism, back at the Spectrum. You know, you, you'd have the Hart Foundation against the British Bulldogs. You know, that that was my... Uh, You're also not a big Hulk Hogan guy. Uh, Hulk Hogan, he's... To, to me, Hulk Hogan, he was the antithesis. He just was a horrible wrestler. I mean, you know, he made money for everybody. The guy, tell me who else was winning hitting people with a leg drop. Yeah. Now, to me, Ric Flair, he wrestled 60 minutes almost every night. He could actually wrestle. He could talk. He would do whatever. You know, Hulk Hogan wasn't a company guy. He would never drop the belt. They always wanted to drop the belt. I'm not losing the belt. I'm not losing the belt. Hulk Hogan, you know, I, I hate Hulk Hogan. No, I'm not a Hulk Hogan. Nope. So are we getting into my uh, my picks right now? All right. Let's get, All the, right, uh, let's, let's get the theme music real quick. <laughs> All right, there it is, the theme music. So here was Kevin's here was Kevin's picks. Kevin went. Apparently, there were nine matches. You only picked eight, which is my fault because I, I just read eight. You went two and six. You had. You had the Rock. Rock John Cena. Rock John Cena beat the Rock. You had The Undertaker winning, and you won. That was one of your two victories. You took Brock Lesnar over Triple H. Triple H won. You took Jack Swagger. Alberto Del Rio won. That was a World Heavyweight Championship match. This is, now, this is the match you didn't pick. Who do you think won? Do you know the results, Paul? Okay. The Shield... Fought Randy Orton, Sheamus, and The Big Show. I don't know who The Shield is, but The Shield fought Randy Orton, Sheamus, and The Big Show. Who do you think won that? I'm guessing The Big Show. You're now two and seven. The Shield won. Who is The Shield? The Shield, 
I don't necessarily hold on. First off, this is what I, my problem is with professional wrestling. It's and I understand it's a it's a one <laughs> professional wrestling. <laughs> but like. I don't think so. Where'd you go? Hello? Okay. 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 So my problem, okay, one of my many problems with wrestling, there's no way, no way that the big show ever loses a wrestling match. There's no way that Brock Lesnar loses the Triple H. Have you seen Brock Lesnar? There's no way in a real fight, mano, mano y mano, that that Brock Lesnar beats the Triple H. I'm not disagreeing with you. I mean, by that theory, I mean, um, you know, Roddy Piper would have never won a match. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you there. Man, by the way, Randy Savage. Yeah, he was a small guy. Oh, you know, you know who, who was his brother? Do you remember his brother? His brother was a wrestler back in the '80s. Who was it? Leaping Lenny Poffo. Do you remember <laughs> Leaping Lenny Poffo? Oh. He was the poet. He used to he used to have, he used to come to imagine they call him the poet, and he used to have uh, he used to have frisbees with poems, and he would throw them into the crowd. The poet. Uh, leaping Lenny Poffo. But I, w- I would say Randy Savage probably six two. Really? I think. I mean, I don't know. Zeke, get Zeke, on that. That's all Randy Savage. I mean, he's, I mean, right now he's... Uh, <laughs> right now he's... He's horizontal right now. Um, okay, so getting back to the matches here. You had you had Ryback winning, and Mark Henry won, who was the world... I told you he was the world's strongest man. You should have went with uh, Mark Henry on that one. Let's see here. You had where's oh you had Team Hell No winning. That was your second win. Team Hell No did win. You had Chris Jericho over Fandango. Fandango. I don't know who Fandango is. I I don't know either. And then you had you had yes Zeke. He was six foot one. That's definitely fabricated. Why? Because everyone jumps. There. He's about five ten with his with his. With, with his, his twice, <laughs> with his height, flashy boots on. Wait a second, why don't you think he was six foot one? Because I, I don't know. He like he would stand next to Mean Gene Okerlund. You saw that YouTube video where he's dancing and spinning in a circle. Mean Gene's the same size as him. Yeah, but me. Well, what's to say Mean Gene's not six one? Gene's not six five. Well, no, six one. I said. What's to say Mean Gene's not six one? Do you know this is a true story? Back when Vince McMahon used to do the interviews with like Andre the Giant, Andre the Giant would stand on a milk crate. To make him look even bigger, yeah, as if he, the man's seven foot five needed to look bigger. But uh, do the same thing in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Miz. You had uh, you had Wade Barrett. Did you? No. I have no idea. Did we even do that one? We didn't pick that one. Ten matches. Oh. Who do you think won? Wade Barrett or the Miz? The Miz. The Miz did win. Wait. So you went three and three seven. And, three and, and seven. seven. Uh. Yeah, if you're a baseball player, you'd be in the Hall of Fame. If you're a baseball player, you'd be in the Hall of Fame right now. Um, so Kevin's right. All right, so up next, uh, tune in in two weeks. We'll have Kevin's SummerSlam picks. <laughs> oh my God! Right. I don't know. I need to. I need to. Do need to focus. Uh, focus a little more on the, uh, or just kind of catch wrestling. If we're gonna, t- if, we're, if I'm gonna be ridiculed like this for WrestleMania picks, I need to. Catch up with my wrestling because you can you can tell kind of who's going to win based on the momentum going into WrestleMania. I think. Yeah, you, you can, and, and especially back in the '80s, like when I was really into it. Vince McMahon Sr. had no imagination, so you know if like Rowdy Piper was fighting uh, 
SD Jones that ratted, you know, there was just no, there was no imagination into it. Hulk Hogan always won. Andre the Giant always won. Jimmy Snuckle, you know, most of the time, the baby face always won. And for those who don't know what the baby face is, that is a, a good guy in, in professional wrestling. And the heel is the bad guy. But I, I don't watch anymore. <laughs> sure. So, uh, yeah, I bet. So, we have uh, Fool the Gold going to be coming up. What time's Fool the Gold? Fool the Gold should be going off tonight at about 8.15. Oh, man. That's going to be... four minutes. We also we also have a little thing that we're going to introduce. Uh, it's called Deuces and Duck Faces. Now, yeah. my my good friend Thomas Dick, uh, he's a SID director at uh, he's at Texas A and M right now. Unbelievably funny guy. He was an SID guy at uh, Monmouth University when I played there. Uh, just became close with them, became good friends. He would come on the road trip. He's just he's an awesome guy. Hilarious, very very funny. Well, he he I would look at his Facebook post in the past few weeks and he would t- always have something with like it would be him and he would be posing and it would just say deuces and duck faces and i would laugh so hard because he would explain it as you know deuces and duck faces females kind of walking through and and taking pictures and they're and they're they're given the, the peace sign and they're given the the you know Pursing their lips together, like squinting their shoulders, you know, doing the whole, doing the whole pose thing, and I thought it was just ridiculous that so many people were doing this. So it's funny that someone actually came up with something saying deuces and duck faces. Thomas actually will be joining us uh, in a few minutes to, to tell us more about deuces and duck faces. But what we're gonna do, this is Thomas Dick's contest. Thomas Dick is a friend of the program, listens to the show every week. Hopefully, well, Thomas. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to say to you, the listeners, uh, Zeke, put that out on Twitter. We want we want this going blowing up. We want to we want you as the as the listeners to go around and take pictures, doing deuces and duck faces in ridiculous places. So go and and stand next to a celebrity and do deuces and duck faces. Stand next to an NBA player doing deuces and duck faces. Go to an NBA game doing deuces. Go to a, a game of any kind. Go to a strip club for all we care and do deuces and duck faces. I think whatever you want to do, the most interesting every week will win a prize pack. A prize pack. Yeah. Well, by the way, speaking of prize pack, my good friend Buzz, also from Monmouth University, won matchup matchup madness. Yes, he did. So he, we're sending him a uh, prize package out. We yes, need to get. I need to get a shirt size because we're going to send him a shirt with the package. And uh, but this is what we're going to do. We should. For for actually, let's do each month. For each month, the funniest picture we receive that month, we'll get a autographed picture of Zeke. Autographed picture of Zeke and a matchup zone T-shirt. Okay. How's that sound? That sounds great. I think that would be pretty interesting. So go out there. We give it to you, listeners. Go out there. Give deuces and duck faces everywhere you think would be most interesting, and send it via Twitter. Send it to us via email. Uh, the matchup zone at gmail dot com. Hit us up on Twitter at the match underscore up zone. Uh, follow at underline, underline the underscore, whatever it is. There's a, it's the match, and then there's a line underneath, like it's connecting from the bottom, the bottom of the H and the, bo- the uh, bottom of the U together. Yep. Yep. Match underline up zone on Twitter, and then. Also, we want you to uh, 
Hit us up, thematchesdome.gmail.com on Facebook. Post the pictures, whatever you want. With us now is actually the originator of Deuces and Duck Faces, one Thomas Dick. Thomas, how are you? Doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Thomas. Great to hear your voice. Great to hear your voice. I'm catching up with the Facebook post, but it's, it's great to hear your voice. The same here. I think I'm on a delay. Hold on. Let me. Uh, I was just eating an ice cream bar. Uh, okay. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> so, Thomas, tell us a little bit about Deuces and Duck Faces. Um, well, I, I take a lot of, I have themed photos. I have like a 420 collection, and I have, uh, I try to find people that are misplaced in, like, athletic jerseys, like really fat guys in point guard jerseys. <laughs> And uh, stuff like that. Now, a lot of people told me that I was, wasn't was in many pictures. So I decided to start taking photos with myself in them. And the first time I labeled it a selfie, and someone told me I forgot my deuces and my duck face. So I just started doing deuces and duck faces when I'm in a photo. So. Yeah, you see a lot of the deuces and duck faces on Facebook and Twitter, people with the deuces and duck faces. Um, you know, How did you kind of get into this? Um, well, you know, I'm on the cutting edge of yes, culture, and I know it's good with the, uh, the, the beaver, believers, the beavers, the, the beaver beavers. Oh, yeah. the believers, yes. <laughs> yeah, and he just said the other day that Anne Frank would have been a beaver, so, you know, <laughs> in between diary entries, but... <laughs> So Thomas, you don't. I, I I wrote you today. I was I was I saw on Facebook again another unbelievable deuces and duck faces. By the way, great mustache beard combination you got going on right now. Oh, I have. I might have to get rid of it. It's uh, baseball season, and we got swept this weekend at A and M. So my Chester Arthur beard is three and eight. So it might be leaving. <laughs> well, so you know. Unbelievable Facebook post. I see it, and I'm just like, I reached out to Thomas. Hello? Full credit. But we wanted to, we wanted to use it for, uh, for our, our, our purposes. So I think that's what... Hey, Thomas, basically anything funny we'd like to steal, because we're not funny ourselves, so we'd like to steal anything and kind of just portray it as our own. Is that okay? Oh, you can... Uh, Kevin can steal anything he wants. Uh, I love... He was... <laughs> He is my favorite basketball player at uh at Obviously, Mama. you don't watch much basketball. Well, I said favorite player. My other favorite, I just uh, told you guys I thought Kevin McHale was the greatest NBA player of all time, but he had to quit early because he carried uh, Larry Bird around all those years and <laughs> his knees went bad. Well, Thomas, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Uh, talk a little bit about deuces and duck bases. Every single time we use Deuces and Duck Faces, we will give you credit. We'll also send you out a matchup zone uh, T-shirt to, to kind of give you due credit. Perfect. I look forward to seeing the photos. I know you guys out on the East Coast, someone can run up to the Rocky statue. Maybe, you know, that's the first place I would go. Maybe the Liberty Bell. <laughs> Thomas, you are the best. Thank you so much. I'll be in, I'll, I'll I'll hit you up after the show. Thank you so much. All righty, no problem. Hug, hug, kiss, kiss. <laughs> Thomas Dick is is awesome. He's hilarious. Today.
Who gets arrested during the day? Or he got arrested last night. Interesting. Kevin Hart arrested. DUI. I don't know why pretending like that that is something odd about that. That shocks you? No. I don't know why. It's it's odd to me that it's happening right now. It happened at 713, so about an hour ago. I guess... What do you do on a Sunday? Oh, I guess was he celebrating a Masters? I guess people lose during the Masters. Tim, you drove to the studios with a vat of beer. I mean, people drink. People drive. People people drink on Sundays. Yeah, I but mean, I didn't drive with an open container. I drove with a with a beer in my car to bring to the studio. I understand. Well, maybe he drove with a vat in his car, uh, and he decided to take a couple swigs on the way there, wherever his destination. Bad move, Kevin Hart. Unbelievable. <laughs> So again, we went over uh, deuces and duck faces. Send in their, your Twitter, your Twitter feed, people. Let's get them out there. I want to hear uh, a lot of duck faces from everyone. I'm all about the duck face content. Maybe, maybe, maybe we should put some. Du- maybe Zeke should put a deuce and duck. Maybe like some deuces and duck faces on Twitter. You know, after the show, one of the three of us pose for a, a deuces and duck face. That will get that will get the ball really rolling. We'll put it out there in the massive zone Twitter. Again, the underline of the moon. Uh, we'll get that out there. A little deuces and duck faces going. So everyone will we'll feel more compelled to do it. They're not embarrassed. Cause, uh, no one wants to be embarrassed doing deuces and duck faces. Um, I certainly don't. I don't know about I don't know about any anyone else, but I certainly don't. Kev, our our fool the ghoul contestant is I guess running a little bit late. He should be calling shortly. Um, I'm not sure if we uh, have any other guests coming on tonight in terms of uh, fool the gold. Yep. There Full it is. Time. That is the official. That is Full the gold. And this and this is what you hear when most of my answers are going. <laughs> That's what's going on in my head during every full the gold. Here's what's gonna be going on in your head. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we Oh no, wait, wait, Ke- Ke- wait, I think Kevin Hart Kevin Hart actually just got to the studio. Hold on. My advice to you start drinking heavily. You know what's ridiculous? We don't ever use our sound effects when there's an opportune time. Right, we just use them to show people like we have them. Hey, listen, we yeah. have this. We have this effect. But as soon as the, as soon as we get going, it's like the sound effects. It's right. like we can't turn it off. <laughs> right. It starts. It doesn't really get going. Case in point. So we do have some some good full the gold uh, stuff today. Yeah, yeah, what kind of questions we got? Oh, we we're got all kinds. We're, we're, we're not over, just going, we're over the map. All basketball. We got a good baseball, basketball. Okay, I like question. It. Now, now these, these, I know, I have no, I'm not. Uh, I do not know any. Kevin does these uh, late at night. He stays up thinking about these questions, and I know nothing about them before before they happen. And most of the time, I don't know nothing. I don't, I don't know anything about them as they. As I hear them, like the the verbal diarrhea comes out of my mouth. So, Mike, while we have some time, why don't we why don't we do a little wrap up of the NCAA tournament? Let's let's first talk a little Mike Rice. We we intro into it. Another guy 
go another 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 one bites the dust. John Wolf, the, the head lawyer, vice president, and general counsel for uh, Rutgers University, steps down because he was the one who approved parties uh, allowing yeah. Rutgers to stay. Yeah, Kev, you know Wolf, Wolf's head. You know Wolf kind of came under fire there. Also. Eric Murdoch is under an FBI under FBI mm-hmm. investigation for uh uh what the heck is the term I'm looking for for uh, uh baggery? No, nah, he's under investigation, let's just put it that way. Um on on spe- suspicion that he uh he he had the tapes all along and he only went to, he only gave the tapes after certain things happened, so he's under FBI investigation, so it looks like he's uh well he's not he's not a good person either could if you care so much about these kids, I bought, I bought the interview though. I when he got interviewed, I bought it hook, line, and sinker. Well, he's obviously puts on a good show. I mean, he, he, hell, he's a, a coach at a big university. He puts on a good enough show. My thing is, he he is he's a he's a, a d bag. He acts like a you're out. You don't care about the kids. You really care suddenly, and you start demanding money. You're blackmailing as opposed to saying. What are you doing? This is wrong. I'm going to expose you. Case right. is done. Right. It's over. No, right. no, you have to pay me this much. You have to, I'm going to extort this much. You screwed up. Extortion. I'm going That's to extortion. That's other one. But, but oh, okay. I just think I think I think money drives you. You know, money is the root of all evil. And, and Eric Murdoch, he he wanted quick money, suing for nine hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars. You, you know, you hear about all these frivolous lawsuits going on, stuff like that. I mean, people just want to get the, the, you know, the get-rich-quick scheme. You know, how can I get rich quick? Let me do this. The bottom line is the FBI is on all this stuff, and, you know, he, he, these guys, they want to commit the – you know, they want to have the perfect scenario, but then when they start, the FBI starts retracing steps and taps into phone calls and this and that, that the, the chips fall where, where they do, and most of the time these guys are, these guys wind up going – you know, they try to hit it big, and they wind up going to jail. Yeah. So obviously the Mike Bray situation, there, there's probably going to be more hits that are going to fall from this. There's probably going to be more people who are going to take the dive or, or fall down because of this whole scandal, which is disappointing because some of these guys were, were kind of biased because they didn't, didn't do anything. Same thing with Penn State. Not, not doing anything is the same, same as doing, doing something. Well, the problem with all these places, Kevin, is all these institutions is they, they want to protect their institutions and not the kids. The whole the whole thing with Penn State, if Paterno just went to the authority and said, "Listen, my assistant coach is doing this or that," he would have been even more of a beloved figure than he already was. Yeah. But he didn't want the program to be frowned upon, and he wanted to save the program, so he withheld information from the authority that, in turn, was hurting kids. And the, the you know when these parents send their kids to these institutions, they think that they're you know these coaches and these adults have their kids' best interest in mind. Which you'd like to think they do, but in all, and, and, and I don't want to say all. You know, obviously, most circumstances they do have the best, the, interest, the kids' best interest in mind. But in, 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 you know, here and there, you get some some messed up individuals, and things happen for the wrong reasons. So moving on into the NCAA, we can talk about Mike Wright all day, and I'm going to bring somebody because this is probably my least favorite player in college basketball. He gets so much hype. Russ Smith. You know, we talked about it before with the Notre Dame game. They took bad shots, their bad shot. Now his dad, Russ Smith Sr., 
came out and said that he's going to go. He's going to the NBA draft. He's entering the NBA draft. And this is his dad quote the night after the national championship. Last night, it bothered him. Even if he had won 20 for 30, he just wanted to win. He's happy for the guys that stepped up when he was struggling. That's how I taught him to play. Now, first, this is how I taught him to play. Yeah, we didn't have any help. Anyway, right. other coach. It, it, a guy who's six foot, two guards, two guards, shoot first mentality. Uh, well, let me tell you, the shot in the NCAA tournament. Let me tell you something, Kevin. If you're six foot one sixty five, two guard, unless your name's Allen Iverson. You might as well go do something else, my man, because this guy, he's six foot 165, he's a projected late second-round pick. I, I just don't see his game translating to the next level. Allen Iverson was six foot 165. He was a freakish athlete, uh, one of the fastest guys that ever played the game, could finish over seven-footers. Uh, it was just a scoring machine. Russ Smith, I just don't see that from him. I, I don't see where he's a good enough shooter. I don't see where he's good enough. Now, most of his most of his baskets have a lot. I don't want to say most, a lot of his baskets in the tournament were in transition. Mm-hmm. You know, fast. You know, kicking the ball out. He's got the ball half court going full speed. He's not getting that. No, he's not getting that. I don't know if he's a good enough scorer in the half court set. I mean, coming off screens, curling off screens. I I just think that he's. But on the other, on the flip side, Kev, his stock's pretty high. He's scoring 25 points a game in the tournament, and I think if your stock's that high, you have to go. Uh, you know, we saw that with Jared Solinger a couple of years ago. He's projected number one pick, went back to school, wound up getting hurt. Um, you know, then his stock really, really, really fell. So I think if your stock's that high, go. I mean, that's why Old Depot from Indiana I think's going. His stock, yes. you know, his stock rose tremendously in the tournament, or you know, through the year actually. And now he's projected to be a top five pick. So uh, Michael Carter Williams is projected to be a ninth pick, you know. But then he's the six four, six five point guard. Yeah. So you know, there's a little bit of a difference between being a six foot point guard and a six foot five point guard. Uh, there is, and uh, you you can't, you're not going to get away with being six foot, like you said, unless your name is Allen Iverson, because he was unbelievable. He was the quickest player. Russ Smith is not the quickest player. He's quick. He's very explosive, but he's not the quickest player. He's not going to get, like you said, he scores in transition. He's not getting that. He's not going to get that in the NBA. No. Because there's going to be guys who are as quick as him, who are also six eight, who are going to come down and throw a shot into. Well, let me ask the you. Let me ask you a question. Luke Hancock, does he play in the NBA? He's about six 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 seven, and you know that the NBA. I mean, this kid can flat out shoot, and he only, he had no Division one looks coming out of high school either. That's unbelievable. And, I think I. Uh, you, I think if you can shoot like that, there's always a place for it in the NBA. You know, especially a team with a great inside. You know, with an inside presence that maybe at the double team kick the ball out. I think there's a place for Luke Hancock in the NBA somewhere. He could he could come on. I mean, he's one of those guys we talked about uh, beginning of the tournament. We said, who's going to be the guy that's going to separate himself, who's going to make himself go from his draft status, go from here to here? You're right. Luke Hancock might have been the guy who his draft status rose infinitely. What? What about Mitch McGarry? What do you think about like, you know? Do you think he? He's another, you know, he's another guy. His stock's so high right now. Do you come out now? Yeah, I would come out now. I mean, I, I would come out. I would come out now too. You know, if you're not, I always said, if you're not going to stay, if you're not going to stay four years, why stay two? Yeah. Well, what's the point? I mean, really. Look at what happened with Cody Zeller. Cody Zeller yeah. left last thinking that he could have been. I mean, people predicting that he could have been the number one draft pick. Now he's lucky if he's going to go top ten. I mean, he, he uh, might no, fall it, to like might fall the top, the, not even go top twenty. He's one of those players who could just keep falling and falling and falling. 
So you never know. It's these guys. It, it's yeah. You have to strike while the iron's hot. And uh huh. It's funny. Cody Zeller started out as maybe preseason player of the year, uh-huh. and halfway through the year, his teammate was the player of the year. Yeah. You, you know. So I think these guys have to go when. Uh, I think at the strike by the iron hot. And speaking of striking while the iron's hot, oh, I think uh, we have on the line t- uh, t- who we have there. Well, old Tom from Palmyra action. Tom, how are you? Hey guys, how are you? It's it's great to hear your voice, Tom. Hey, it's a great show tonight, guys. Wouldn't be a Sunday night without hearing his voice. No question. <laughs> Listen, I want to strike while the iron's hot here, and you know, talking about uh, <laughs> the different uh, subjects you guys are talking about tonight. Speaking of striking while the iron's hot, how about the heat? What uh, the hell's going on there? Well, yeah. what, 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 do you, what do you mean, Tom, with the wrestling players? Yeah, I mean, that's just insane. Well, Tom, it's funny you say that because we, we spoke about this earlier in the week. That I, 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 Well, here's a little exercise I did, Kev and Tom. Which one? From both. <laughs> I, 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 I listed, I documented Michael Jordan's career and the number of games he played in his career. I'll go through them real quick. In 85, he played 82 games. 86, he went out with a broken ankle. He played 18 games. 87, 82 games. 88, Are you really going to go through every year? Uh, sorry? I mean, I mean, this is radio. This isn't reading. I mean, you might as well just, why just read the Bible, everybody? You're going to go through every year? <laughs> Tom, it's only, it's only 13 years, Tom. Okay, go ahead. I can hold on. Okay. I'll hold. I'll wait. No, no, forget it. Forget it. But... All right, let me let me do this. I'll, I'll... <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the rest of the listening audience has just answered. <laughs> I will give you the years that they won the title. How about that, Tom? Is that quick enough? There you go. In 91, he played 82 games. In 92, he played 80 games. 93, he played 78 games. 96 through 98, he played 82 games in all those. I think the point is that fans uh, – Tom, do you respect them? Do you respect what they're doing right now? No, not at all. Why not? I, I think it's I think it's a travesty. I understand that they're trying to say, oh, they're doing it to you know rest up for the championship. Come on now, how many times have, have you guys played back to back to back nights? Never. How, how can they be tired? They're professional athletes. How <laughs> well, okay, they be tired? Okay, okay, Tom. Okay, Tom. Do you think it's right that football players do it at the end of seasons? No, I think that's a travesty also. Well, I disagree huh? with you there. I mean, unless, unless well, Tom, <laughs> obviously, obviously you have a greater risk of getting hurt in a football game, Tom, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there is that risk, but you, 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 but you is, get paid but, but, to play the but, game. But is it fair? Is it fair if you're the Cowboys and, you know, you need you need, this, you need the Eagles to beat the Giants and the Eagles, you know, rest their players a week's. Uh, no, 15. Is that fair? Is that fair to the Cowboys? No, it's not. But you're, you're, we're talking about the NBA, though. It's almost, it's almost impossible to get hurt in an NBA game. Yeah, ask Yeah, I mean, it happens, but I mean, it's it's, it's rare. They should be playing. The, the fans pay their salaries. They should be playing. Right. Like, like when I guarantee when you look at Heat ticket stubs, like, you know, LeBron James pictures on, it's not Mike Miller. This is true. Right. Now, I mean, now, now, Craig, I remember you played a few times when you were hurt. I remember the one time you had that uh, vicious paper cut. And you, were, you, you played through it. You remember that game? I mean, you, 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 pulled down, you pulled down ten boards and eight points or something like that. You really tucked it out. Yeah, I see. I I agree 
I don't disagree with them resting their players. And I agree. I know the fans pay the salaries, and I understand that. But at the same time, these guys' careers are under so much scrutiny that it's like, I mean, LeBron, if LeBron doesn't win a title this year, he's a GOAT. And, and people will hate him again for the rest of the time. So it's like, well, why, why wouldn't I get my rest now? Because I'm going to go hard in the playoffs. I'll take a rest when I'm playing the, the, the Cavs or something like, I mean, or probably not, the, but like a team that's not, the Sixers. I'll take a rest when I'm playing the Sixers because we can beat them easily without the, anyone yes. else. By, by, by the way, Tom, did you see Vucevic the other night? 30 and Vucevic the other night? 30 and 20? I, I, I'm serious. I never want to kill myself until I start seeing his stats this year. Wait, I really want to put Tom, it under my Tom, head. Tom, a few nights ago, he had 30 and 20. It's unbelievable, and that, and, that and he couldn't get off. Goes out there, he can't do anything. And he couldn't get off the and he couldn't get on the off the bench for the Sixers. You know, Maurice, just Maurice Spates was killing holes. Maurice today. Spates is playing pretty well. Yeah, I was watching yeah. that game today, and he's killing spent. I'm like, this is another one who never could get off the bench. Oh, so okay. what's going to happen with Doug Collins? Like now, we, people say Doug Collins now is leaving at the end of the year, yes. and he's going to be uh, uh, there's he's going to be gone. Either he's walking away, or they're going to set, make him walk away. He's going to he, he, one way or another. He's gone after this. He's going to walk away. Yeah. I, I heard they're going to make him GM of the Bobcats. That way, he's the second worst GM ever for the Bobcats. <laughs> uh, okay, Craig. Craig. While we have Tom on line, I mean, I don't know if our contestants calling in for full the gold. Do we, do, we just, do we just go with Tom on this? Tom, let's do it. I like to play a little full the gold. Now, Tom, here's here's what we what we've uh, done. I've I've actually. Gone to uh, Toys R Us and gotten a fake M- uh, WWE championship belt, which is now the Full of the Gold belt. Whoever calls in and beats Mike in Full of the Gold, I'll send them the belt. They will hold it. They will come back on the show. Mike will get a rematch. Okay. If they win, Mike, they will keep coming on, and Mike will get a rematch. Until they lose the belt, then Mike gets it back. So it's like, it's, like it's pretty much I like, like WWE reason that Rock and John Cena fight each other every single time. Right. So that's what we're going to do. So, Tom, you ready for a little Fool of the Gould? Yes. Uh, you guys don't mind if my uh, lovely girlfriend helps me, though. Uh, she'll be helping me out here a little bit. It takes more than one person to, to be the beat Gould, let's be honest. Hold on a second. Real quick, uh, we have we have a, um, a tweet from a good friend, listen, a friend of the show, Mike Ray, he said the WrestleMania this year was very predictable. Super Super Cena wasn't going to lose twice. I just hope they didn't pick against Taker. He's twenty-one and zero. Mike Wright. Yeah. It wasn't predictable. If you don't watch wrestling, it's predictable. <laughs> All right, let's get to these questions. Guys. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Fool the gold. Here, that's time to fool the gold. Mike, the championship belt holder. So. Let's go. Question number one. Wait, so how are we doing? Is Tom on the line during this? Oh, wait, wait, Tom. No, we can, we're putting you in the hole. And there's no producer. Our producer is not going to be talking to your house when we bring it back on. Guys, guys, I don't want to be a pain in the neck here, but I'm having a real hard time hearing Craig. It's like a very um, echoey. Really? I, I, yeah. I hear, unfortunately, unfortunately, I hear Ghoul clear the bell. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> if you could somehow reverse that, that'd be great. <laughs> All right. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear. Yeah. That, did that work at all? No. Can you hear Tom, can you hear me? I can hear you there. I hear you in my nightmares. 
<laughs> what do you say? He hears me in nightmares. Can you hear me? No. Now? How about no. now? Not now. No, no. 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 Tom, you can't only hear me, right, Tom? Tom, how about now? I can hear Craig, but it's a little little harder to hear him. I hear you very well. Hello. Is your is your volume up there, Craig? I believe my volume is up. I just unplugged and plugged it's back. It's Craig, in. not Craig. Oh, it's Craig. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. So here we here we go. I think I think Craig's getting situated here. All right. Let's go. All right. Here we go. Hello. It's really unfair. You are a compendium of sports knowledge. I got to give you that. Spell that. You have no chance to spell that name. No. Tom, are you there? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, I hear you. All right. Sorry, though. We were having. Hold on a second, Tom. Craig, shut we are having, per the there course, a little uh, okay, let's get technical difficulties. Let's do this. Here we All go. right, are we finally, uh, finally ready for a little... Uh, Gold of gold! There it is. So. That's <laughs> 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 funny. <laughs> Hit that again, Kev. Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm back and forth between the, the studio page and... Gold of gold! There. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're ready. Gold of gold! Yeah. <laughs> 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 you guys ever see the stupid uh, Sonic commercial? Yes. Oh, I laugh every time, and that's that's similar to that. I just don't know if you'll probably hear that. All right, here we go. Put Tom in the holding cell. Tom, you are now in the holding cell. Okay, great. <laughs> Can you hear me, Tom? Okay, he's in. Okay. okay. All right, so... Let's do a little full school. So, Mike, yes, first here. question. Yeah. What are you doing over there? I'm just writing my answer down. What are you doing? I'm laughing at this. I'm paper. Who holds the record for most all-star MVP awards? What sport? Basketball. She's most all-star MVPs awards. All-star NBA MVP awards. Who holds the record? I mean, the, the obvious, the obvious record. The obvious is going to say Jordan, but Kobe just did something. But I think that was p- passed for the most. I think most all-star points. I'm trying to think. I'm going to go Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Son of a biscuit. Tom, you were back with us. Um, Mike has not that that answer was incorrect. Let's just put it that way. Mike got so, what? Mike got it incorrect. Incorrect. I got it incorrect. Yeah, I'm sorry, I couldn't really hear it quite too well. It's the opposite of correct. Is that better? <laughs> All right. So who holds the all star NBA MVP award? Who has the most with four? With four? I guess the obvious answer is Jordan, so it can't be that. Dr. J has two. I'm going to go with someone a little off the beaten track here. 
and I'm going to go with Dominique Wilkins. You probably had zero, right? It's Jordan, right? It is Kobe Bryant. I was thinking Kobe, Kobe Bryant currently holds the record with uh, four. He's, he's actually, I would have accepted Bob Pettit, too, who has four, but he had him in 56, 58, 59. Nah, before Color TV does it. Yeah. Uh, what's number two? Put Tom back in the cell. Tommy, I'll see you in a minute. Back to the. <laughs> <laughs> No, that was perfect. Am I still echo? No. That. What is wrong with him? I think it's his phone. <sighs> Unbelievable. All right. <clears throat> the actual height. You know, I had this. I had this question for our. our no, 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 we can't go that. No, no, let, let's, let's see. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll say that he'll be back, back on. Yep. He'll, he'll be, be back, back on next time. time. So, so uh, we'll, we'll go, go with this one. This team. Has the most. This is a, a national basketball team. Has the most gold medals. Who are they? National basketball team. Not NBA team. A, no, a like team, an Olympic. Like a country. Yeah, Olympic like a country. Team. Um. It's not. I'm, I mean, it's not the USA. I mean, Russia comes to mind, but Argentina also comes right to mind. Spain. Full of gold! Um, countries. My, so ends in 15 minutes. My final, two, my final three answers are Spain, Argentina, and Russia. I didn't give an answer. I had the wrong one. Okay. Who is it? Tell me before Tom gets back on. You want to know before Tom? Yeah. You want to know? Don't, 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 don't throw it. 18 wins. 18 gold medals. Really? All right. I thought that was too easy. Tom. You're back. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Yep. Okay. That was this, a long question. That was a really long question. Well, it was a, it was a long, drawn out <laughs> answer. Uh, okay. This Olympic basketball team. This country. This country. Has the most gold medal. Name that team. This country's team has the most basketball, basketball medals. Gold, gold medals. Basketball gold medals. I would I would have to go with Russia. That's a terrible. I never ever say Russia. Why would anyone? USA. All the way. I got that wrong too, Tom. I said Russia. I thought it was Russia, Argentina, or Spain. Yeah, see, Craig's trying to us. He's giving us the yeah. obvious questions. Right. Now we're right. going to go the other way. Yeah, right. okay. Yeah. All right, Craig. Yeah. What I do. Uh, All right. I'll see you in a minute, Tom. I'm pretty devious. <laughs> oh, God. Never gets old. Who? What, what NBA coach holds the, the NBA, NBA record for wins? Oh, God, is it still Lenny Wilkins? Somebody was approaching it. Somebody, uh, I, I want to say somebody just broke Lenny Wilkins' record. 
give me a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. Um, who's that guy? Uh, he used to coach the Sixers. Don Nel- did Don Nelson? Did Don Nelson break it? Got close. Oh, Craig, I hate you. And it's either one of those two. I know it's one of those two. I I, I want to say Don Nelson. Right. Tom, Tom, you're back, back in here. All right, I'm back in the zone. You are back, back in the zone. zone. This, this NBA, NBA coach, coach holds, holds the, the record, record for most wins. Name that coach. For most wins? Is that what you said, Clark? Yes. Full of gold! This NBA coach holds the record for most NBA wins. Correct. I'm going to have to go with uh, good old Larry Brown. The correct answer was Don Nelson. Don Nelson. Yeah, and Don Nelson didn't coach the I was thinking Doug, Doug Moe coach the Sixers. Um, All right, you guys get one more. Okay. You get one more. Did we get any right? I got that right. Cut them off. Actually, I didn't put him in the hole himself, so we heard that. <clears throat> this is a good one. This is a baseball. Okay. Smack me with it. You got it. Two players have played both a World Series and an NCAA Final Four. Name those two players. Wait. Say this a question again. Two players have played in both a World Series okay. and an NCAA Final Four. Name those two players. Oh, God, you got to give me a sign. You, you want to get Tom back on and give him the same thing? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to think about this one for a second here. All right, I'll bring Oh, no. no. Tom? Hello, guys. Tom. We're going to bring right. you back on because I don't think Mike has a good answer. Good, I have a guess on this yet, so we're just going to bring both of you back on. Maybe between the two of you, you can get this. Yeah, let, let's, combine, let's combine this, Tom, because I already won. No, I didn't. Tom, two players have played in both the World Series and an NCAA Final Four. Name those players. Wow. World Series and NCAA Final Four. Correct. Uh, uh, wow, I have. I, 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 mean, I, 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 mean, I mean, right away, like Danny, I know Danny Ainge played, but Danny Ainge didn't play in a World Series. Uh, right. I, I know Deion Sanders didn't play basketball. I'm pretty sure of Florida State. He didn't. Um, Donovan McNabb didn't play uh, baseball, did he? Because he was in the Final Four with Syracuse. He was. Maybe he was fi- like a. No, Donovan no, could have been. No, okay. <laughs> he was a relief pitcher for the Phillies. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can you give me an error? Like, is there an error? Like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us a hint here. I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll, there's the two. There's two players. One within. I'll be when he played in the Final Four. Okay. 1974. Oh, jeez. And the other player is a player you definitely know because he played Major League Baseball, and he was during our, our era when I was when I was younger. When we, were, we were both younger. He graduated 1988. 1988. Or 1988 was in the Final Four. 1988 was in the Final Four. Wow. That's so, very impressive, though. So, 88, that was 
the year Kansas won. I don't know who else was in the final. I don't remember that final four. Um, oh, Danny Manny would have been a great center fielder. Yeah, I mean, his knees. Really? Yeah, he was quick. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, what, what baseball team did they play? Can you give me that? I mean, <clears throat> Okay. okay. Well, well, not, not really. What was, was played against the Phillies in '83? Played against the Phillies in '83, so he played for the Orioles. The other was in the World Series with the Indians in '74. No. '74 with the. Well, oh, 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 oh! The other played with the Indians. So it, it, it in the World Series. 80, the 83 Orioles, Tom, you remember? I mean, I don't think it was Cal Ripken. Was it? Did Eddie Murray play basketball? No. Eddie Murray played basketball. I'll give you another hint. Okay. I'll give you another hint. Since okay. I think it's already over, yeah. I'll give you another hint. This, the guy for the Orioles was a relief pitcher. Oh, my God. The you don't know that? You don't know that? Gold coin. Now, the other one you should get. Because he was a regular starter, played an all time, was an all star. For who? For the Indians. Then... Was recruited to play basketball at this university, who made the final uh, Indians. I mean, a Twitterverse. Someone, someone. I know Dave Winfield was a huge, I mean, he was recruited to play. I don't know. I mean, this is this is tough. Uh, it's a tough. It's a toughie. I, I mean, the relief pitcher for the Orioles. I mean, I remember like that starting. I mean, that's an unfair question right there. I'll give you one. I'll give you one. Tim Stoddard. Never even heard of him. Tim Stoddard. Never even heard of him. Have you ever heard of him? Played at NC State. No, I never heard of him. No. He won the national championship. He also won a World Series with the Orioles. Wait, what year, what year did he play? At, at, what year did he win the championship? Uh, 1974. Okay. Now. He played with Chucky Brown? Yes. No, not Chucky Brown. He played with, he did play with uh, David Thompson. Okay. Now, only player with two championship rings. He's an NCAA championship ring, and he has a Major League Baseball World Series ring. So that's, so that's one. one. That's one. one. This, this other one, one, you should, should know. know. And I'll, I'll give you, you one. Yeah, gold. Oh. You, should, you should have one of them, gold. <laughs> went to college. Went to college. Went to college. Recruited, recruited on a football scholarship to Arizona. With a backup guard to Craig McClellan and Steve Kerr. God, this doesn't help me. Oh. Made the week team the year of 1999 as a starter. I'm with the Indians. How about that? Left Arizona to the only field. Not in field. Basketball. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. I, I got to run. I got I got some work to do. But it was a, a pleasure talking to you two again tonight. <laughs> Tom, no, it's a pleasure. No question. Great time there, guys. Thanks. Hold on. What do you, what do you got? got? I, got, I got nothing. Give me his initials. I'll give you his position. Give me his left field, didn't you? No, no. I didn't say anything. Center fielder for the Indians. Still nothing? 
in the eighth. No, Kenny Lofton. Kenny Lofton is correct.
great journey in the NBA, great coach, better person. We thank him for stopping by. We thank Thomas Dick for the idea of, of uh, deuces and duck faces. We want you guys to get out there. Get us, email us at uh, the matchup zone at gmail.com. Let us know what you're thinking. Give us some insight. Send us your deuces and duck faces. We'll send one out after this is over. We also want to thank E Class and the interns for a great segment. Great segment. You guys will be coming back on next week. We really appreciate it. You did a great job. Uh, I want to as always, I come with Mike. We'll see you again next week at 7 p.m. Tune in as we talk more about the wonderful world of basketball. Good night. Enjoy. I got a million ways to get it. Shoes one. Shoes one. Hey, bring it back. Bring it back. Now double your money and make it stack. I'm on to the next one. On to the next. I'm on to the next one.